All right, guys, let's look at the Federal Reserve today. Four of 12 districts, four of 12 regions are showing that there's no growth. This number, this data comes from the Beige Book. They released it today. It came out at two o'clock. Now, another way of saying that in a little bit more optimistic way is that, well, look, eight of the 12 regions are showing some moderate or some type of itty bitty growth. And that's what I kind of want to latch on to. And in this video, we're going to look at these green shoots of growth that are showing up in the economy. And how do we think about that? Because the current trend has become that everyone is hating on the Federal Reserve. Everyone is expecting that the global economies are going to continue to cater. And basically, all hell is broken loose. But what's happening now is that the data that the Federal Reserve is looking at is starting to show some growth, some hope that things are going to get better. Now, it was probably around 2008 or 9 when Bernanke, the Fed chair at that time, he goes to CNBC and says that I, I know he said it on 60 Minutes. He said that I'm now expecting green shoots. I see green shoots. The economy is coming up. I think a lot of people had to Google what the hell is a green shoot, present company included. So he was using the analogy of gardening to get basically that a slow and steady growth. Fine. Now, the beige book that came out today is showing that same sort of glimmer. Four regions are kind of bad and the other eight are marginally okay. Now, no way in hell can we ignore the personal chaos people are feeling, but at a macro level, things are starting to look good, at least from the things that the Federal Reserve measures. And this is why I am jumping onto this beige book bandwagon. I want to draw your attention here. This is from the San Francisco Federal Reserve District. And what they're telling us is that the beige book is printed eight times a year and on and on. Look, the key point though here is that the beige book is used in policy analysis. Each of these districts, what they do is they kind of gather the data within their system and then they collect it all together and then they create a national report which the media and all these other people will talk about this guy here when that report comes out the other key factor that you need to look at or understand is that the federal reserve when they make their policy decisions cite the beige book quite a bit and if they're going to cite the book we've got to now say well where is this hope what is the fed reserve seeing that may say that things are going to get better from an economic perspective. So let's fly this plane around this topic. What type of green shoots do we see? Here we go. Hawaii and Nevada, Hawaii and Nevada have the highest unemployment rates in October of 2020. Makes a lot of sense. Vacation spot, gambling vacation spot. Ultimately, it makes a lot of sense that in a time where travel is restricted, where we are stuck at home, places where discretionary monies are spent in crazy amounts, those places would be experiencing some headaches. So Hawaii is in 2019, in October of that time, 2.7 was their unemployment rate. And then October of 2020, so you know, one exact year later, in the month of October, 14.3%. That's a very sizable jump, almost five times. And here we have Nevada sitting at 12% 2020, 3.7 in 2019. So what's happening here, of course, is they're experiencing pain at almost four times level than they did from a year ago. But the question that we have to ask ourselves is that once things get better, once this vaccine kind of cycles through the system, travel will go back. Yes, it's not going to go back to where we were in this pre-pandemic level right away, but travel is going to go back. Discretionary dollars are going to go back. I know you heard about those cruise ships where there are people ready to bounce on them now. 
So tourism is going to bounce back very aggressively. Tourism is going to bring discretionary monies and it's going to cycle through the system. And that's a glimmer of hope. So let's go hunting for some more shoots. I've got global distillate margins, selected indicators from a Mr. John Kemp. Hello, John. This report is basically showing that the margins, that's the amount of profit that the energy companies are able to make is going up. And more importantly, distillate margins. That's the key word. I pump oil from the ground. That's my solid barrel. From there, kerosene, gasoline, and all these other things that are broken down from it, those are called distillates. So if distillate demand is increasing, that's kind of telling you that the manufacturing side of the world is waking up. I like distillate margins because it's letting us know that the economy from a manufacturing and a utility perspective is starting to improve and these energy companies are starting to see some profits. So let's scroll down a little bit, okay? Gross refining margins for making European gas oil from Brent. Check this. So we are seeing a sizable drop throughout the year and then October 2020-ish or so, and now of course November 2020, we seem to see some flatlining and then we're starting to see this go up. I did not look at how much we have left over in our crude inventories, but what we have here is that distillate demand is growing up. So that means that distillates that are sitting aside, they are falling low and these companies are now starting to produce it. Gross margins for making ultra low sulfur diesel from WTI, boom, we've got margins up the wazoo here september bad november 2020 looking good what are these december 21 september 21 june 21 march 21 these are the delivery months of the futures contract so check this energy sector makes up just 2.63 percent of the s p 1500 well that's not what i want i want the s p 500 so let's keep digging all right i've got here from the balance as of april 30 so we're about two three quarters behind here, it's okay. The breakdown of the sectors within the S&P 500. Information technology, 25.7% communications on and on. And look at this, energy sitting at 3%, materials at 2.5, real estate at 2.9. Now the key point is that even though the energy sector is a small component of the S&P 500, the energy sector though is providing stuff, distillates and other things to the rest of this complex. So if we're able to see that margins are improving, if we're able to see that things are looking good here on the profit side, one could argue or one could try to deduce that, you know what, dude, things are starting to look a little better. And that's the thing that's going to be pushed for a little bit. That's what's going to show up in the beige book in aggregate. So the policymakers may end up saying that energy demand is going up and that sounds good for the economy. Now, a couple of days ago, this guy, Rob Schiller, I think he's from Yale, he comes out and he's basically arguing that, hey, this Schiller PE ratio, which I created, I think I found something new in there and I wanna argue that the economy has more room to grow. Well, he's talking about the stock market. The Federal Reserve looks at these things, so that's why we're gonna talk about it. So check this out. The PE ratio, the Schiller PE ratio, is including inflation as part of the equation to measure the performance of the stock market. So if earnings are going up, and inflation is staying low. What that does is it actually allows the PE ratio to go higher. 
what this guy comes out and says is that, you know what, the way I measure the market, I've been saying forever that the world's going to hell. Look at this Black Tuesday. At that time, the Schiller PE ratio was at 30. Boom, crash, forgive me. Black Tuesday, 1930. So what did we see here? Boom, crash, it doesn't matter. The PE ratio was high. The Schiller PE ratio was high and basically the market crashes. Here's our little Black Monday dip. This right here, 2000, tech boom, hellopets.com. And then here we are, credit crisis. And then here we go today at 33.52. Now what Schiller is saying is, where he's drawing our attention, is that Black Tuesday, that means that the depression is about to happen all over again. And we are kind of approaching the frothy highs of 1999. Well, he says, check it. Because Schiller has created an index that measures aggregate demand from the inflation adjusted earnings, what that basically means is, look, if inflation is low and the Federal Reserve is telling us that inflation is going to remain low for a long time, they just can't seem to find it. Where is the inflation? I don't know. They can't find it. So inflation is low. Earnings are somewhat higher, that's EPS, earnings per share, and other metrics that the stock market uses. So what's happening is that if inflation is low and earnings are going up, that causes a spike in the PE ratio. And Schiller is saying, therefore, don't panic at 33.5. I am now not saying that we are approaching Black Tuesday levels of circa Great Depression. So here's another green shoot, another reason for the stock market to go higher. All right, so we've flown the plane around. You have a fair question. What the hell are you saying? What I'm telling you, what I'm saying, what my analysis is, is the following. The economy is bad for you and I at a personal level, but at a macro level, things are starting to show where the folks who raise and lower interest rates, looking at you, ECB, looking at you, Bank of Japan, looking at you, the Federal Reserve, these cats are basically saying that things are not as bad as they could be. The economy is trying to show some green shoots. Now, will I be right or wrong? I don't know. This is YouTube. I'm making a video. What we need to think about is when we are analyzing the economy as a whole, not to just keep punching the Federal Reserve from one angle. Are they bad? Are they evil? Are they horrible? That's a separate philosophical discussion. But the reality of the situation is that the Federal Reserve looks at certain key data points and upon those data points, the Federal Reserve makes decisions. So the beige book right now is showing you that things are getting better. Therefore, one could argue that the economy continues to build. I hope you enjoyed this. Let me know what you thought of this. Was I BSing too much? Let me know. I'll talk to you next time.